you got to pursue something that gives you life that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning. Welcome back to another episode of The Lodges Podcast. The Lodges Podcast. Welcome back. You have to get creative. Like, your content can't just be like you sitting there. I have to, you know, master this D-list athlete if I'm going to get to C-list, to B-list, to A-list. whole slogan was basically, you're famous enough just being yourself. Just be you. A ruthless pursuit to, to be the best. All right, well, we are back at it again. Episode 59 of the Lodges podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Um, today with us, we have Mark Kai, who is the brand partnerships at Power Spike. So we're going to be hopping into it with him. Uh, before we get started, I do want to give a quick shout out to Alex Gonzalez uh, over at Respawn Products. Um, and shout out to Respawn. Thank you guys for sending me the chair. Like I, like I told you guys, I'm loving it. Um, so if you guys are listening and you don't have a gaming chair, definitely go check out what they got. And, and congrats to you guys on being nominated for your eSports uh, Hardware Provider of the Year Award. Uh, so good luck to you guys there. But um, to hop into it with our guest, like I said, we have Mark Kai with us. You may, if you're Coming from LinkedIn, you may know him from This Week in Esports, uh, doing that on a weekly basis. He's also got a YouTube channel with over 100K subscribers um, and still in school while doing this also. Uh, Mark, like I was saying, man, I'm, I'm excited to have you. Thank you very much, Juan. I appreciate it. I've been uh, following Juan. We've been, well, we've been connected actually for far too long without ever talking. So he reached <laughs> out to me and he was like, hey, do you want to be in the Lodges podcast? I was like, hell yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't listened to it as much as I should, but now I'm going to be following it. So thank you very much, Juan, for the uh, for the warm introduction. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Sure. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you are a hustling man. Like I was just telling you, I'm really impressed with with everything you got going on. Um, so I guess we got a lot to talk about. Like I said, you, you got all these different roles, all these different things you're doing. You're at ASU. Um, so maybe we can just take it back to the start for you. What was, I mean, you can talk childhood growing up if you want, but I guess what was like your first, uh, professional position, I guess you could say in, in the gaming and esports industry. Yeah, we'll take it back. I think a little bit because it, I think it stems before anything I had like job wise or, or, yeah. uh, internship wise. So I think where it all stemmed from, um, if you guys can tell from my last name, I'm Asian, right? And I think a lot of Asian people can relate to this, but, you know, and, and it's not just Asian people, but I think a lot of parents really don't like their kids playing video games. They think it's it's a really big waste of time. I think this is a big education factor that also needs to come into play now is that a lot of parents don't understand, you know, what is gaming? What is esports? They probably also think they're the same thing and they, they really aren't. So I think that education factor there is lacking. But um, going back to me, I mean, my parents really didn't understand it. They thought it was something that a lot of people, you know, probably an unsuccessful people did. And so they really did not like me doing that. And, you know, as a kid, that just motivates you to want to do it more. So I got my origin started with mobile gaming, uh, which is what I still actually do today. But I only had an iPod 2 back in 2009, I believe, or 2010. Uh, didn't have a camera there. That was my first device that I owned myself. Well, actually, I played, I played Game Boy when I was like four or five. And I played like the, the one game I distinctly remember playing is uh, Mario Kart, no, Mario versus Donkey Kong, I think, on okay. the Game Boy. It was like a, I don't know. It was dumb because every time you, you put the game in the Game Boy, the Game Boy memory forgot where you were progress-wise. Oh. So once yeah. the Game Boy ran out of battery, you had to restart from the beginning. And 
like we you play the game boy on the go right so it's not like you're sitting right. there and you're home playing so i got really good at the first like two levels of mario mario versus donkey kong and like i never saw the day of the light after level two because the battery just sucked so that's a fun, that's fun. yeah uh note don't don't get a faulty game boy that just forgets its memory every time but I think Pokemon used to do that for me. Like I would go get so far in Pokemon and it would just reset. And I remember as a kid that it was really oh frustrating. No. That's the yeah. worst. We autosave is a great thing now. We love autosave. It is. Yeah. We've, we've come a long way from that. Um, but yeah, so I, I had an iPod two and the app store was flourishing with new games. I, the first distinctive one being doodle jump that I was playing back then. Very casual, hyper casual game, right? If you guys do remember, you're probably an OG. Um, but had that game, you know, was playing games like Subway Surfers. And I think this is around the time, um, you know, these games were starting to get pretty popular, but still really wasn't like that big of a thing because iPhones also weren't that big of a thing back then. Um, I do remember getting a game called Modern Combat Sandstorm. It was a first person shooter made by Gameloft, who I, I still very much respect a lot of their games. They pump out a lot of great titles now, um, but it was made by Gameloft. And it was released in 2009, and I started playing that game in 2010. Which, for a mobile game on a phone, is like pretty, it's pretty early. It was, it had really good graphics for its time, I would say, and it had a really good game mechanics. Um, it's not like the hit registration was good. It was a single player game that you could also play. I think multiplayer, but it had to be in the same LAN network, so you couldn't play online. It was just LAN multiplayer. Um, but it was a really fun game. I would play it often whenever. I had the chance to play it. And then I remember Gameloft continued to make games. So they made Modern Combat 2, um, Black Pegasus. They made Modern Combat 3, Fallen Nation, Modern Combat 4. Um, that was, I forgot what the name was. Modern Combat 4 something. I, I, I started my YouTube channel around that, which is some Zero Hour, Modern Combat 4, Zero Hour. There we go. Um, and then they had Modern Combat 5, um, Blackout, and then Modern Combat Versus. So they, they had this whole like six-game series, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was around the Modern Combat 2 time when I actually started playing that game a lot. I, I started to get actually pretty good at the game. I had an iPod 5 at that point, and I was in like eighth grade. So if that gives you any idea of like what I was doing, probably nothing really. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I was playing that game, played a bunch of other games like Trigger Fist. Those are more like co-op games that you could play but it was just i was a big fan of shooter mobile games i was really um i guess i really liked the interface of mobile uh mainly one because i didn't have anything else but i think it was just intuitive for me you know you tap the button on the screen and then you can control where it goes you don't have to have any input like a mouse or a keyboard um so i i really got used to mobile a lot and so when modern combat 4 came out i had an ipod 5 um i had like a decent connection at home for internet. And so mm-hmm. I saw these two YouTubers, they were called Nate's Gamer, who I actually follow on Twitter now and he's still active. He plays Call of Duty Mobile now. And one was called NexiPL. He is not streaming or not doing anything. I think he quit YouTube entirely, but he had a really big YouTube channel. It was around 300K subscribers. He was playing MCPE, Minecraft Pocket Edition for a while. And those are my two big inspirations that, um, and you know, eventually led to me creating content on YouTube. So this entire time, you know, I was kind of playing behind my parents' back. They thought this was a waste of time. So I eventually said, okay, fine. If you think it's such a waste of time, let me prove to you that's not a waste of time. So I started making videos on live commentaries solely because um, they were doing live commentaries. And I was not very creative at the time. So I, I basically just copied them. So shout out to Nate's Gamer and XCPL uh, for inspiring <laughs> my whole brand now. But I, I started making live commentaries because 
frankly, no one else was doing it. And I just wanted to be like them. So that that's where that whole thing stemmed from. And I played Modern Combat 4 on my YouTube channel. I think I have like one video of like Grand Theft Auto on my phone on YouTube. It was it, not great quality. I don't actually delete like any of my videos unless someone requests I delete it. So all my videos that are solely made by me, I keep them up really because it's like a time capsule. I think it'll be good to kind of look back maybe once this channel is either really big or it stayed the same and, and just kind of see, hey, it's like a, a memory box. So I've kept all those up. Um, but I really, I think the the thing that led to my growth within gaming um, or within my YouTube was my consistency. So I basically would upload as much as I could while making it good. So I had, you know, I used Twitter in like 2012. And when I was on Twitter there, I was like, hey, can anyone make me like a, an intro or something? You know, when you're, when you're very young and not supposed to be in Twitter, that's what you do. You ask people for things expecting to get them for free. Um, so I was asking people around, Hey, can I have an intro? Does anyone know like, what's the best video editor? What's the best screen recorder? That was like a huge part of my YouTube history was like, how do I record my screen? Cause I want to upload videos. And I found, got by with a couple, some got taken off the app store cause they were illegal. And so I would, I would do that for a while. And eventually I found like a very consistent one. So I could start uploading, um, YouTube videos in 720p, which was like groundbreaking in 2014, 2015 when, right. you know, YouTube wasn't really doing all the hd 4k 8k stuff so um the ability to upload like that was great for me and i started basically just commentating live which was the like the most live i ever got so i was commentating directly from the device so anything you heard was like the microphone from my ipod so it was, mm -hmm. it was it was kind of not a great experience if you were listening but hey it, it ended up being i think sticking with people because they they have like there was a brand attached to it, right? There was a voice they could see. And I think looking back on it, one of the things that I value in my brand is I'm not very good at playing games. Like occasionally I will do like a nice game. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do really well, but for the most part, I'm not defined by how I play games. It's more so like the commentary and what entertainment value I can say or like what my reaction is or what my face looks like or something like that. That's right. I think what brings people to, to my channel. And I really just kept that up. I realized you know, just kept doing that throughout high school. I did a lot of stuff in high school, you, you know, just traditional, I would say trying to be involved with extracurriculars. So I did cross country, I did track and field. I did marching band, um, a lot of music stuff. I didn't, I, I didn't continue like any of that except for running into college. Um, but it was sophomore and junior year of high school where I started getting involved into like esports orgs, but not for player necessarily, um, or not for the player positions, more so the content career positions. So there was a couple clans within the mobile scene that were really big in modern combat. Um, I think those were like SXE, Darkest Nation, and and some other ones. They're they're defunct now. Um, mm -hmm. but as I went on into um, like I, I got my computer and stuff. So I was able to edit in, you know, 1080p 60 FPS for the longest time. I, I try and upload in highest quality as I could. Um, once I got that and people started to see, Hey, this guy has maybe, you know, a couple thousand subscribers back in 20, you know, 2017, 2016, that that's a pretty good amount for the mobile scene. So mm -hmm. I got recruited by some folks into, um, I, my first organization was D2R. It's called Distant to Rise. I actually know the founder of it. He lives in Arizona as well, which is where I'm from. So that's oh, pretty nice. cool. Um, he's no longer the, the, he's no longer affiliated with them. He's moved on, but that was the first org I got involved with, um, really just repping their brand and 
you know, as early orgs go, you don't get paid, but I got some product for free. So I was a little happy camper, me as a high schooler, got some free energy drinks, things like that. Right. Um, and then I moved on to, I would say a more reputable, probably the most reputable esports org that I've been associated with. Maybe not. Um, it was Gangstars. And so I'm not sure some people listening to this might know of Gangstars. They were a mobile first clan or organization. They're verified on Twitter. So that's why I'm like, that. that's pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. They did Vainglory. They did Critical Ops, which is a game I actually still play. They did some other things as well. I think like Armajet, and they had some um, H1Z1 teams. So they they did a little foray into PC, but that's the organization that really got me started here. And that's when I started actually playing um, games like Bullet Force and Critical Ops. So Critical Ops is the game I currently play. Bullet Force was a a shooter, first person shooter game on on mobile, and uh, I played that game for a long time just because it was really hot and I really enjoyed it. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I see video game playing um do you enjoy playing it and are your friends playing it that's kind of the the, the one i was doing so bolt force was the you know the ish back then and so i streamed it a lot and then i i transitioned over to career class because i was like oh this is a game like csgo and i started watching csgo professionally a lot more um after i was playing bolt force so that that combination with critical ops and, and csgo really just made me latch on to critical ops more um Bullet Force felt more like a Call of Duty, whereas um, Critical Ops felt more like a CSGO. And so I was just leaning more towards CSGO. And there you go. That's why I was playing Critical Ops. Um, after creating content for so long with Bullet Force, I, I built a brand around that. And I'm sure if most of you, if any of you are content creators, you know the struggle of one game dies or quote unquote dies. And mm-hmm. then a new game comes around and your fans are like, oh, you're abandoning the old game. Like that's the game that built you. I think Tim the Tatman had a great quote. He's like, you're not playing Apex anymore. Apex was a game that built you. And then two months later, oh, you're not playing Fortnite anymore. Fortnite was a game that built you, right? So it's, it's for me, I realize at this point, it's like a lot about just play the games you like playing. Um, yeah. The people will come eventually. So with that, uh, Bullet Force, I, I started. I did a lot of content there, and I moved on to Critical Critical Ops uh, for a bit. But before I moved on to Critical Ops, Bullet Force actually asked for me to become their community relations specialist. So I think that was probably the first job I had in esports and gaming. It was basically streaming for them. I was basically their streamer and their community facing person. So I do live streams for them. I think every Friday or you know every Friday afternoon when you know people were not really at school or work. And Mm -hmm. I would answer their questions. I'd go over update, things like that. So kind of like a community manager. I didn't manage Discord or anything like that, but it was really just for, you know, like, hey, we're going to be announcing, you know, this XYZ. We're going to do some giveaways on the stream, things like that. So I was kind of the face of the brand because I was an influencer in the game. And so they were like, why not bring you on as the community relations specialist? You can talk to the community. You understand how community works. So that was probably my first big job in the gaming and esports. And then... I have a lot more that probably I would I won't mention because they're they're not really worth mentioning, um, <laughs> but eventually transitioned off of uh, off of the Bull Force team and went on later to college. So that that was um, that this was all pre pre college. Yeah, I, well, actually, I'm getting my I might I might be getting my timelines wrong. Bla- <laughs> okay, so I I was streaming for Bull Force my freshman year of college, my first semester, okay. freshman year of college. I think that's why I was a little bit jumbled and freshman year of college is when I really decided I want to get, like, I want to work in esports. I've always had this notion of like, Hey, maybe I can do content creation or streaming full time. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, so I, I was very candid with myself, like, Hey, YouTube will be a fun thing on the side. Um, wherever that goes great. If it doesn't go anywhere, that's fine. You can use it as marketing collateral for your brand. You know, that's kind of how right. I thought of it. 
Um, so freshman year college, I went ham on applying for esports jobs. I don't know where I was finding them. I think it was hit marker jobs. So huge shout out to Rich, who who is the managing director there. I've had chats with him. He's a great guy. Um, but through Hitmarker, I was able to find two jobs, right? Um, the Imperial, which it was an esports org. They actually competed in CSGO and a, and a couple of titles there. And I was their social media assistant helping out their social media manager with like post planning, um, you know, content ideation, things like that. And that lasted, I would say, like five months um, as far as esports jobs go. That was pretty good for a freshman year of college. And that was all remote. And actually, almost all my jobs have been remote. So just just to let you all know that. It's it yeah. it's nice to actually like meet people in person if that's ever a possibility. But <laughs> COVID hit. Events. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The events are things that remarkably I have not been to, which is why I utilize LinkedIn a lot. But there you go. Um, so all while this was happening, right? All I was doing the YouTube. Um, came into college, decided YouTube is the thing I'm going to be doing um, consistently, even though I'm in college. I think it was just good for me because I saw my friends. They're like, I'm bored all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. how could you possibly be bored? There's so much to be doing here. Right, a little right. bit I know, I, I mean, I have a YouTube channel. You can always create videos, edit videos, respond to comments on your YouTube channel. There's not a lot of stuff to do if you don't have a YouTube channel, I feel like. So I leaned into my YouTube channel a lot and I put that on my resume when I was applying for these jobs. And people said, oh, not only are you going to school for business and marketing and you know learning how to code with CIS, but you also have your own community that you've already built up. So that gave me a little bit of credibility, which is why I kept doing that. Um, did some, did some on-campus, uh, jobs as well as like a brand ambassador for the New York times worked in like an office, uh, in a small school on campus. And so those are just jobs to kind of keep my time occupied. Funny enough, I actually did esports work while at these jobs sometimes because you would just work, sit at the desk and no one would come by. So what would I do? I'd be, you know, doing social media stuff for the Imperial. So <laughs> double dipping, sometimes triple dipping. jobs. I yeah, mean, exactly. Not in class. And, yeah do do homework do do actual work there you know make some money get some experience so that was great um and then moving on to um the summer of my freshman year of college so at this point i was actually oh god i have my timelines wrong i have my timelines all off i keep moving forward too fast um, no so you're good no worries one thing one thing i want to mention really quick is i did YouTube for a long time and I started doing Critic Clops, right? That was the game I started doing in, uh-huh. in uh, college a bit more. And at that time, I, was, um, I graduated high school. So it was between my high school senior and my college freshman year. So the summer where you do nothing. Um, I was working at Sears for full time. Sears went out of business, if you guys didn't know, if you guys are a little bit younger. Um, and I was working at one of my friend's dad's law firms just as like a, an assistant doing whatever they needed me to do yeah um and it was at this time where critical ops had its first ever land event it was in seattle at the amazon uh game studios in seattle and they flew all the teams out there was like teams from asia from north america from europe as well so they flew all these teams out to seattle and they were like hey we can't fly you out unfortunately but do you still want to cast our group stage remotely and give you that opportunity and you can stream it on your channel. You can get all the exposure and then we'll stream the rest of it on our platform. And I was like, absolutely. They had, um, critical ops at this point didn't have a really good spectator client, but they did have one on the back end that they made for just their developers. And so they were like, we're going to debut our new spectator client here. It's going to look a lot like, you know, really professional. It has a lot of information. So it's for great for viewer experience. And so this was, I think my big, 
lucky push into casting. So I started mm-hmm. doing commentating then, and that gave me a lot of credibility. A lot of people from then on out would reach out to be like, Hey, can you commentate our tournament? And I'm like, commentating is a lot of effort, especially when you're not getting paid for it. You know, when you're, yeah. when they're like, can you do this for free? I'm like, um, there's a lot of stuff I got to, you know, I got to do here. So um, it takes a lot of preparation and like being on top of your info. Like, I mean, right. I got a lot of respect for the people that we've had Rob Gonzalez on here in the past who, who's a shoutcaster and, and, and host and all that. So, um, I mean, it's a lot of hard work. Well, yeah. And, and I, I'm not the best shoutcaster. I would say just because of my lack of information, um, I think I have the ability to, create hype moments and and i understand the game really well but you know if they were like oh this team made a player transfer i just i didn't keep up with the scene because things mm-hmm. move too fast that's the nature that's kind of the beauty and i guess the downside of mobile is that you know if someone like quote unquote leaves a clan or leaves a team and then they join another one you know, the next day it's not like really organized and so they were like oh you didn't know that this person left this team i'm like absolutely not this is not something I keep up to date with. You know, it's not like a very, there's no contracts involved. Nothing's set in stone. You can leave a team and join another one any day. So I, 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 I yeah, as you say, Juan, there's a lot of preparation. I didn't really do it as much, but that's why I stick with play by play. You know, the analyst commentator, color commentator stuff. That is, uh, I leave that to people who are much better at that than me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so, so I guess this whole YouTube track and then the professional track, right? So that was diving a little bit into the YouTube track back to professional. Um, after my freshman year, I, I came to the realization that like no one really wants you as a freshman, as an intern, but like, hey, I was, I was destined to make this work. So mid game was actually a company. Um, they were making a gaming voice assistant technology kind of, yeah, gaming voice assistant technology. So basically the goal of the company was to make a product that if you asked it a question while you were in game, it would look it up for you. So basically, instead of having to alt tab from your game and look up like, oh, I'm playing Skyrim, but I haven't played in like four updates. Like what's happened? You know, having to look that mm-hmm. up, just ask it while you're playing. So you don't have to leave for that in-game experience. So I was working on marketing and product development with them. Um, I actually found out of, about the role through a newsletter they sent out. It was like the collegiate esports newsletter. And they were doing research on like, oh, what are the biggest universities with esports? You know, what does it look like? Opinions on esports, things like that. And they, at the very bottom, they were like, we have internship applications open. Do you want to apply? And so I applied. Really good experience. It was two founders and three interns. So more interns and founders, which was kind of a unique experience there. Unique, um, yeah. While this was happening, I actually talked to Juan before the podcast, but I went to Europe before I, I got on to, oh, during the internship, actually, because my brother really? had just graduated college. And so we were traveling to Italy, France, Spain, and Switzerland. And all while this was happening, I would, you know, chat with the team, you know, be like, okay, like, hey, I know we're going to sightsee today, but can we go a little bit later? I got to hop on a meeting with, with the team. And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, so when I went to Europe, I actually met Team Liquid CSGO when they were um, playing in EPL season nine in Montpellier, France. That was like a really good experience for me. That was my first ever LAN experience as a fan really good experience because um it was in france and the home the grand the second grand finalist was g2 esports who is a french csgo team and so the the crowd showed up in spades for the grand final it was a very hype event got to meet a lot of people met a lot of um csgo players um so got to kind of be a fan there and actually i think am lucky enough to chat with a couple of like a coach or two afterwards as well so it was it was a nice experience there but 
with mid game, you know, had that two week break with, um, with going to Europe and they were fine with that. They're like, cool, you know, you're, you're a person, you got to travel. And then they flew us actually out to New York where the company was based out of. And so they flew us out to New York, all the interns, um, for just like four days, just to actually get to meet each other, take some photos, um, do some like planning sessions and brainstorming in person, uh, very new company. So they were like, Hey, let's, let's get some like marketing collateral for us. If we ever need this or like investor materials, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the team. It was, it was a very big learning experience because I was kind of oftentimes learning stuff on my own. I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this or not, but Hey, I think that that taught me like, I like a little bit of structure in my work style, which is for those of you looking for internships, I would say, understand how you like to work. Do you like to be more of an individual contributor? Do you like to, you know, have someone guide you? You know, those are very different work styles. So finding a team that suits that best, that, that, that was my discovery there. Um, but I, I'm going to take a break real quick because there's a lot of stuff still to cover. And I want if you have any questions. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I mean, I guess. Um, so you're still at Arizona State. I mean, I'm just amazed with how much you've done. And I mean, you're still you're a junior right now. Junior. Yep. Junior. OK, nice. So I, I mean, I know you're at Power Spike. And so I guess I did want to talk a little bit about that or ask you about that. Um, and I don't know where that falls in your timeline, but how you got involved with them, um, and, and kind of, I know you're working with them right now. So if you wanted to talk a little bit about that role and, and, you know, some of the things you do. Yeah. So once again, uh, we'll go back to rich from hit marker. Hit marker was the Genesis of this role. I saw, I was looking for part-time jobs. Um, cause I had recently gone out of some social media work that I was doing and I was like, okay, well. Um, I need to pay tuition and things like that. So how can I find a job in an industry I like was constantly searching every job said need bachelor requirement is bachelor's degree. And I was like, Mm -hmm. look, if you give me a chance here and I don't have a bachelor's degree, I'm getting one right now. I don't think that two years makes a huge difference. And uh, the power spike listing was one of the only ones that said it did not require a bachelor's degree. It just said it it actually was like the perfect fit for me because the, the required, um, requirements i met all of them and then the preferred requirements i met all of them too it was like preferred requirements are an influencer or have lots of experience with influencer has mm-hmm. done brand partnerships with influencers um or and is like avid fan of esports or gaming and i was like i right. i tick all three of those boxes my youtube channel has <laughs> given me that experience and so right, right. i applied i don't know how many people interviewed um i think it was quite a few like at least 50, I would say, um, or, or applied at least. And I was the only one to get the job because as far as I know, there's no one else at this 20 person company that has my role. Um, so I, (laughs) I I got that in December of 2019 was when I actually got the position there and, um, hopped on as a junior campaign associate, um, which is essentially filling campaigns for our clients. So if you guys, just a quick background about Power Spike, it's we're basically an influencer marketing company, um, scaling more towards a technology company as well, but uh, basically working to connect brands and influencers. And I mean, our mission is to allow more streamers to make streaming their full-time job. That's one of the things our co-founders or three co-founders came into the company with a whole notion of, they they liked playing games before and some of them streamed, but they found it was really hard to find brand sponsorships. You know, it was basically just cold sales outreach. You had to email all these brands. There was no like one central place. And so that's where they formed this idea um, for Power Spike out of. And actually Power Spike was started by AJ Damiano. He's our CEO. He was, if you think 
I'm impressive, which I mean, there's a lot of people like me. He started this company, PowerSpike, his sophomore year of college. So that that gives you some insight. He graduated in 2018. So he's I not like I much- wasted. I feel like so many people <laughs> did stuff like impressive things or started things in college. And I just, I guess I wasn't creative yet then. So shout out to all the people in college who were creative enough to start something. I mean, yeah, he... Uh, people move at different paces, right? But um, yeah, yeah. he, yeah, he started this sophomore year of college. I think it was for like a class, but then he was like, "Wait, this can actually like be a real venture." And so he he pushed mm-hmm. it forward, and and now it's a you know a full fledged company. We got full time employees, and you know expanding and growing further beyond. But going back to my first role um, as a junior campaign associate, I was really just filling campaign budgets. So clients would come, they say, "Hey, we have this amount of budget. Um, we, we don't want to do any of the work." you know, that that's for you guys to do. And I was like, great. Mm-hmm. It's my turn to come out here and, and reach out to influencers, whether that be like Twitter or discord or email um, and kind of bring them deals basically saying, Hey, you know, I think you're a great streamer for this campaign because X, Y, Z um, this is a campaign we have. Would you be interested? You know, basically being an influencer manager, it was just called something different. Um, right. And so we expanded those um, partnerships there. We had a really big client that allowed me to actually uh, work with a lot of esports orgs. I'm not going to name the client just yet because we, uh, I think we're still working with them right now. Yeah, so just, no just to protect no them, but um, was lucky enough afterwards because I was working with this client that had such a big budget and we had, um, they wanted to target a little bit more of the esports organizations. So um, that allowed me to be more so less, less on like the direct campaign feeling and more so on the long term partnership side. I really like esports and the company. Uh, Power Spike really didn't have a lot of, I would say, grasp within esports. Had a huge grasp in gaming, right? A lot of streamers and stuff like that. But a lot of the streamers were also players, you know, pro players playing on these esports organizations. And we didn't have those connections really yet. So, and, you know, coming from that fan perspective, I really wanted to just talk to these people and get to know how they run their business. Um, And and I think it was also just like, hey, I, this is an industry I really like. I want to see how can we get into esports as well as gaming. So, I did massive amounts of outreach to esports orgs um, like Cloud9, um, you know, Mouse Sports, Mortals Gaming Clubs, just to name a few. And mm-hmm. we were able to just keep, like keep chatting, and and some of them resulted in in partnerships, some of them didn't. Uh, that's just the nature of how partnerships goes. I've learned, uh, but was able to kind of facilitate these uh, these basically long term relationships with these uh, esports orgs. Um, and then that's kind of why now I'm working in the brand partnership side. So looking more towards not necessarily immediate campaign fulfillment. We have a separate team that does that, but more so how can I, you know, nurture a relationship and, and have their best interest in mind while achieving our objectives. So that's, that's my role at Power Spike now. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think like the role that you're describing is a special one. Like, I feel like you've got to be the right person for that job. I don't know. I feel like it's a job though that a lot of younger people coming into gaming, like I think want, because you're kind of like having those, you know, that com- that communication with those brands that are cool and are notable and, and all this and that. So, but it seems like you had the right fit given everything. I mean, you've talked about in the past that you already had done to where I feel like you can kind of bring it full circle and, and kind of connect and, and make it work. So, and so you started as an intern and you're there now at, still as an intern or you're full time with them or, or kind of what's the status quo there? Yeah, so I started part time and I'm still part time. Okay. Um, they're they're very very um, 
I would say flexible to me because mm-hmm. I mean, they're aware of students working here. AJRCO, he started the company when he was a student. So he's fully aware of this whole, yeah. you know, working while you're still in school scenario. And so they're yeah. very flexible with, um, with me, you know, saying, Hey, this week, there's just a lot going on in school. Like, Hey, I, I can't really do a lot of campaign fulfillment or, or, you know, outreach for our partners, things like that. Um, but when school did get out, I actually had a brief period of like a month where it was just kind of like downtime. I had no classes, nothing like that. So mm-hmm. I, um, I basically went full time with power spike for a month or so. Um, and then after that month, I actually started interning for shell shell, the <laughs> oil and gas company. Okay. So you, I mean, what, what are you, you just, you like to carry like five to six roles at once. It seems I, like you always got a lot going on. I feel like, yeah, I, I think I, sometimes I sacrifice a social life for, uh, for my yeah. professional life. I think that's just a choice that, that you have to make. It's, it's not necessarily one or it's not, it's a decision you have to make. It's not a choice you have to mm-hmm. uh, necessarily take, but I mean, yeah. some people like working a lot. Some people, you know, as I've chatted with more folks, if you have a family, that really impacts your decision, right? If you have, you know, a spouse or, or kids, um, you're definitely going to want to spend more time with them. And so your priorities change as you grow up. I'm sure for me, as I, uh, as I grow up, I will probably be, you know, more inclined to work less and, and hang around mm-hmm. friends and family a bit more. But at the current moment, especially with COVID, there's really not much we can do. So why not yeah. go full, full steam ahead um, on working? So. No, absolutely. I mean, it's been interesting. Like I've been seeing a lot on Twitter. It seems like really like this month um, with people in the gaming space, just kind of talking about work-life balance. You've got, um, I mean, you've got some people that obviously, I guess are more so on balancing. You got a lot of people that are kind of full on in and you know how to balance this work-life balance, especially in esports that everything's so fast. I mean, to, to go back on what you were touching on earlier, even just commentating on gameplay and and being a host like there's so much to keep up with and so it's a fast-moving industry but um i think you're right i think it really just depends on what kind of person you are what your goals are you know what 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 you'd like to do but um no no that's really cool i mean i i respect the hustle so i think i keep myself pretty busy too so (laughs) i respect it um what about and i know we're kind of pivoting away now from um from power spike but to talk about this week in esports because i came across so the first time i came across your content was a couple of months ago and it was at this week in esports and i was like dang like this this because a lot of people on linkedin i think try to do the whole like sharing a post sharing their insights you know blah 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 and a lot of people do it but you had a really unique approach and i think you have a really you do it at a really high level and a good job so i wanted to talk about that when did this week in esports get started and why was it something you wanted to do? Like, what was your end goal by starting it? This is actually a, a fun story for me. So it was all started because it's all stems from a class assignment I had for my business management class. So okay. we had to do a manager motivation. Um, we had to do 10 interviews and like informational interviews for managers and like, why are they motivated to you know, manage their team? What, what do they like about being a manager? What do they don't like? Things like that. Um, so I naturally gravitated towards LinkedIn to interview people who are in the gaming and esports space. And so one of the people I was able to reach out to was Philip Rasmussen. He is, I do believe, the marketing manager or one of the marketing managers at SteelSeries in Denmark. Um, okay, nice. 
and when I reached out to him, he, he was talking about all this stuff and, you know, I, I, we kind of veered off track and I, I, just talking about like, Hey, what is your goal? Like he asked me, you know, like, what do I want to accomplish here? And, and I asked him for advice and he said, you should make some content on LinkedIn. No one's really doing it. Um, because there's just like LinkedIn's not a really big thing for gaming. And mind you, this was only October of 2019 or September of 2019. So very, pretty recent, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but LinkedIn really wasn't used that much, I would say, until quarantine or COVID. I think that's when it really started to pump up. And so I started, he was like, hey, maybe if you did like some video content on LinkedIn or some some sort of video content there, maybe that might be a, a good way to get like your brand building, right? If you want to chat more with decision makers, you know, employers, if you, if you're looking for a job in the future, LinkedIn's a great way to add value to people. And then you'll be able to, you don't have to prove your worth. They already know your worth, right? They can see it on LinkedIn all the time. So he inspired the idea to start making content on LinkedIn. And from the content, I thought of the idea to do it this week in esports. And so basically what I was seeing is like, Hey, you know, a lot of these news sites, they do a great job of writing out instant articles really quickly, but you know, they do weekly newsletters and things like that. I I just didn't see any video content. And I was, I mean, I'm a YouTuber, right? So well-versed in video and how to do that. And so Mm -hmm. I thought, can I just like make myself a graphic and, and, you know, basically recap all the important news and by important, this is very subjective and this is still something I don't have (laughs) a criteria for. And I think that's what makes it kind of special is I will go in and look through parse through, um, all the news for the week. Uh, because I know like I'll, I'll keep up to date during the week, but I'll miss some things. So I want to go back every time before I make the actual segment and just look through like, Hey, are there interesting articles from different sources? I I mean, I I get a lot of them from esports insider and esports observer as well. Um, But, you know, I'll look on Google as well. Are there others? Esports Insider, Esports Observer usually cover everything, but occasionally we'll find like an interesting article somewhere else. Um, So I'll go to these websites and basically say, does this sound interesting? Do these two companies um, or these two brands or, you know, does it really captivate me? Does it make me want to click more? Because if it doesn't, I don't think it, I don't think decision makers will want to listen to it either. Um, so there is no like set amount for me whenever I make this week in esports, I just do it. And if, you know, one week has seven and one week has 15, so be it, you know, it's some weeks are way busier, some weeks are not. And that's kind of how work and, you know, the, yeah. the industry goes, you know, you got some slow weeks, you got some fast weeks. So I started that in once again, my college dorm. Um, I just, I had bought a camera because I was like this, I can't do this without a camera. Like I, I can't do this on my phone. I need like actual good production. I had the mic. I didn't have the camera. No, so, you, got, you got nice video quality. It looks good. Yeah. Well, it was all, all off that camera. Right. <laughs> so I, I bought a camera and then, um, I basically started recording from the camera and just kind of, I had like a script up on the side and I would just basically kind of read and, and recap like, Oh, this is, this is the news. This, this is the detail, like the news, like the partnership. If it was a partnership, like what is the partnership going to entail? If it was like a merger, like what companies buying out, what, how did it happen? You know, if someone was getting hired to something like how, how did that work? You know, where did they come from? Stuff like that. Um, so that's where this week in esports was born off of. And I just consistently did that from October to now. So it's almost been a year, which is remarkable. I feel like it hasn't been a year. Um, but every 
every so often I'll get some piece of feedback and some people will give some great feedback to me and, and I'll tweak it slightly and improve it. Um, it's never a perfect thing. I mean, there's always like production that can be better. Ideally I'd have a green screen behind me, but I think having a background with no green screen adds some flavor. People can kind of see, you know, what your room is about and things like that. So I, yeah, I, it's been basically the same concept. I've added like different sections. I've added like crediting people. I've added like links to articles and things like that, but it's, it's been the same basically since October of 2019. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and what's cool about what you're doing and now that, I mean, I was looking forward to hear context of the story because like I said, I've seen the post, but um, didn't know much behind it. So that's cool to hear. But I think what's cool about yours is that you're kind of picking what's important to you or what you think is unique or what you think is good news, um, which like you're saying, it's completely subjective. Um, but that's awesome because I do think that a lot of times on LinkedIn, I'll see a lot of people commenting about the exact same headline. And I mean, I'll literally be scrolling down LinkedIn and I'll see like seven, eight posts in a row of the same thing. So I hope, I think that helps you make it, you know, stand out a little bit. Um, but no, I love it. I mean, I think it's really cool. I think that you did get on LinkedIn at the right time because I got on LinkedIn last year as well. And there was not nearly as much gaming and esports content as there is now when you hop on there. Um, but so what is the end goal for this weekend? Esports? Like, are you just right now, you're just going to keep going for, for the near future or do you want it to lead into something else? I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think I've been asked that a lot and I've had time to think about that a lot as well. Um, I think originally the goal was really just to build my brand. Uh, like, mm-hmm. Hey, Mark is a guy that, you know, associates himself with gaming and esports. He's knowledgeable about the space. Um, and, and kind of, present myself as a hireable employee in the future it, it, for like any esports org or any company in tech or gaming that's like oh we're looking to get into gaming or um i think that was the original goal um i think it's really transitioned beyond that now because it's been successful i think i've achieved that goal luckily enough a lot of people reach out to me like this is great content like keep it up you know mm-hmm. um and oftentimes it's decision makers at esports orgs or companies so i think i've been lucky there i think the end goal for me is to inform as many decision makers in business and gaming as possible. So how can I grow just the reach of it? I think that's the goal for me. Um, I'm hoping eventually to, you know, if it gets big enough, kind of make it into more than just this week in esports, maybe put a brand like a parent company behind it and say, Hey, this week in esports has a parent company. We are also doing interviews, things like that. You know, I have to think about that. I, a lot of publication companies and news companies already do interviews and, you know, what will make mine different than theirs? This is kind of my mm-hmm. business mindset coming in. I have to really make it unique, right? Um, so I, I think the reason it took off pretty pretty luckily on LinkedIn was because there's just not video content on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and there was no one really recapping this week, regardless of if it was uh, video content or not. So in my post, I will include like a, a text version of everything I say and a video of it. And so it gives people double, you know, two ways. Right. If they want to just like do a quick five minute read, they can click all the links and be like, oh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, or if they want to watch like the seven minute video, they can get some more details on it. Right. So I'm giving them more options. And then LinkedIn is a very business oriented platform. You know, you're reaching those people who are working in professional settings. And so I think that audience is just right. People have said, hey, you should expand this to YouTube, right? You have a hundred thousand subscriber YouTube base. It's just not the same, right? YouTube is mm. has a very different audience base, a lot younger, more so looking for entertainment than um, information or education. So the content, in my opinion, just doesn't belong there. If I were to start a second channel, maybe it would do better, right? But yeah. uh, there's just 
there's just got to be some, I would say, thought into that. But ultimately, reach as many decision makers as possible. That's the goal. Got you. No, yeah, I was actually wondering that because I was going through YouTube before this because I didn't know if the videos would be there. And so that was actually someone's going to ask you. So that makes complete sense. And I totally get it. Um, but no, I mean, I think you've got a un- unique opportunity where, I mean, you could, depending on where it goes, I mean, it could be a new news outlet for for the gaming community. Like, I mean, you really don't know because you're covering a lot. I think you're doing a good job doing it. I mean, I saw recently, I think it was this month, right, that Synopsis, you had a partnership to get started with them. And now they're kicking it out to a lot of they have a large newsletter right is that how how that's work i did want to ask you about that because that's first off congrats that's that's really cool um but yeah tell us a little bit about what happened with synopsis if i'm saying that correctly i hope i am but yeah with synopsis i mean yeah that was a that was a wonderful partnership um it's still going uh but okay. i think it's um it was fun for me because i was like oh i work in partnerships doing partnerships with other people so it was good mm-hmm. to be outreached to like we want to partner with you i was like oh cool um <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the whole base of the partnership is, you know, adding value to them in their newsletter because they, they do a great newsletter every week. Um, but I think oftentimes it's, once again, the the format of the content, right? A lot of it's written text. There's people who like to read, and I think there's mm-hmm. more people who don't like to read. So providing them with basically like, hey, you can use my video in your newsletter, circulate it around. It helps both me and them because, you know, I'm getting exposure to the to the decision makers and, and the decision makers are getting another format to watch their news in. So right. and, and I think it's also interesting because we don't necessarily cover the exact same things right? Their newsletter might cover something different than mine. So you get a kind of a a wider breadth of news if you're watching mine and reading their newsletter. So that's where this all came from. Um, And so, yeah, I think that was, it was a good partnership for me to, to kind of just achieve my goal of, of reaching more people. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I I mean, congrats again. Uh, And and I'm sure you'll have much, much more growth with this week in esports. I'll be, you know, very excited to see where it goes for you. Um, So I guess uh, we got like, 10, 15 minutes left here. So something I did want to ask you is, I mean, like we've gone through, you've, you've had a lot of experiences. You've had a lot of roles, whether they've been for a couple of months or they've been for longer. Um, you've kind of gotten to diversify, you know, different different roles and those sort of things. So for you, you're still at ASU. What is like come graduation? Are you, and I don't know if you can really answer this question, I guess, because I know you do have a role with Power Spike, but if this is answerable, what is kind of like your goal post-graduation? Like, what is it that you want to do? I mean, you've obviously got a lot of experience. Yeah, I think uh, I'll probably answer this pretty transparently. Um, So professionally, I would say I know that like YouTube is not going to be a career path for me. And, um, you know, this week in esports, while it is great for brand building, it's not going to be something that uh, I'm going to do full time. I don't, I don't anticipate at least, but things change. So just eliminating those two from kind of this, the, the, the mix, I would say um, working in business, probably in, in something for me, a company that is more, tech related, uh, but still tangent to the, to the gaming space. So I think for me, a company like YouTube or like Twitch or, or Facebook gaming, right. Those are big tech companies. I know, I mean, I love esports with my heart, but the more I learn about it from a business sense, the more it breaks my heart because of how unprofitable it is. Right. A lot of it's built up by partnership money, which is, I mean, I work in partnerships, so we're generating revenue, but it's so reliant on partnership and investor money that if you take those away, these teams and and a lot organizations, a lot of them can't sustain themselves, right? They're not making enough from merch sales. Tickets are completely gone because COVID. So there's just a lot of, I think, 
potential for um, esports to be sustainable, but right now it's it's kind of in a bubble. I would say a, a slight bit in a yeah. bubble. It just um, you know hopefully it becomes more sustainable. So that's why I really want to go more so on the tech side of things. You know they work fast. They have really built up um, reputations, and and you know their company's not going to fall apart. But at the same time, you can still face those esports orgs or those gaming brands. Um, and I think because for me, an ideal job would be YouTube because I've just been a creator on the platform, right? I've been a viewer. I consume content on it as a as a viewer. I engage with con- with viewers as a content creator. And so, I mean, working at the company to, I, I would say, um, improve the platform and, and market new features to, to potential viewers or creators, I think that would be um, something really fun for me. No, definitely. And if, if you stay on the tech side of it with still like the parallel to, you know, gaming or esports, I mean, gaming will continue on. So obviously whatever happens with esports, like you're saying, there's a bit of fluctuation right now, but at least, you know, the gaming industry, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, is going to continue on. And if you're at a place like YouTube, you can always still be a part of that. So, um, no, that'd be pretty cool. Um, well, what about downtime? I wanted to ask you this because, and I know we kind of touched on it earlier because everyone's kind of got like their work styles, you know, and that whole sort of thing. What does Mark do for for downtime? Like what's something you like to do when you're not creating content, when you're not doing any brand partnerships or anything like that? Um, kind of what's your, what's your cool down stuff? I like to play games. Simple enough. I don't, I, I, when I'm playing games, oftentimes for mobile, um, I will, you know, record with the intention of creating content, not to, you know, enjoy the game. So what I'll do is I have a couple friends that are very close and dear to my heart that I, I, you know, I trust they're not in the gaming space at all, which tip to people have some friends who don't work in the same space as you. Um, yeah. It makes things fresh. You know, they have very different perspectives and allows you to kind of keep yourself grounded without going too far away from your roots. So I have a couple of friends that they like playing games, but that's not their whole life. And so I'll play games with them, you know, catch up with friends, school friends. I mean, none of my school friends do anything with gaming or esports. So that's kind mm-hmm. of a refresher for me as well. You know, I have my work life where everyone's gaming in esports and then i have my school life where no one is gaming in esports so hanging out with them as well um i do like to run so every morning or i try to at least like five times a week go out for runs and and work out so those are things i like to do um and then besides that i have a huge probably i'm subscribed to like 500 creators on youtube so i have a huge repository of people i always watch um i am a big fan of a lot of people so my whole my go my goal one day, and I know that in business, you really want to separate fandom from, you know, when you're working with them. And I, I think mm-hmm. I do an okay job of that. Obviously you can improve, but my goal is one day to, you know, add value to these creators that I've been watching for so long saying like, Hey, I, I know what you like. I know the, you know, the kind of ticks on your channel, you know, the things everyone jokes about around you, you know, what, what is the brand around your channel? How can I kind of partner that with a brand or, or something else to, to add value to them? I think that's also something that, I would hopefully want to do, but in the meantime, I just watch them for fun. It really provides me a lot of joy. No, I hear that. Definitely. I got some, I don't have as many, um, but on Twitch, I definitely have like my favorites that I watch. Um, and, and I mean, I agree definitely separating, you know, fandom and all that, but I think it'd be cool in the future to at least get the opportunity to work, even if it's like one deal or, or whatever. I mean, that'd be pretty cool for me to speak from my personal perspective. So I hear you on that. Um, but no, I think too, yeah, having friends that aren't in gaming is, is definitely a tip that, that I would agree with, especially for during your free gameplay time where you're just trying to get on there and, and chill. Because I've found that when I play 
uh, games with people in the industry. That seems to be what we talk about a lot of times. So it's it's fun to have those friends that are just outside of it and you can hop on there and you're just playing the game and, and not talking about the industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just talking about life is good. And, and I mean, with, yeah. with Power Spike too, I, I'm lucky that kind of similar to what you're saying, been able to pull off some pretty big deals with some pretty big influencers. So um, that's always a, a fun thing when you're like, oh, that the, they're a really big name and we, we got to work with them, you know? So um, <laughs> right. props to the team, you know, at Power Spike as well. And I mean, going back to the job thing, post-college, they're always on my mind. I still work with them. So I keep my yeah. options open, you know? No, it's a smart move, smart move. Um, well, I mean, that, that, that we're getting close to the end here, kind of wrapping things up. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I mean, it's crazy how much you've got going on. I really respect it. I, I think, you know, it's going to be exciting to see what you do next. And I know you got a lot of different things that you're kind of, you know, touching. So it'll be cool to see uh, which ones you go with and, and that whole sort of thing. Um, where can we'll, so for everybody listening, um, if you guys are listening on Apple podcasts, the links work great there. So you can see Mark's socials on there and click and go to them. Unfortunately on Spotify, I can't get it to work. I don't know why, but Mark, where are the best social media platforms for people to connect with you? My mic is acting up. Um, <laughs> I think it depends on what, what you want to see from me. So okay. I, I think uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's literally just Mark Kai, M-A-R-K space C-A-I. Um, you can find me on Twitter at coolmark 482 that probably has the least amount of value to you. But if you want to chat in a casual manner, I like chatting there on link uh, on Twitter. And then I have my YouTube, which is just cool. Mark got a nice, uh, got a nice check Mark now. So hopefully you don't miss that. I, I know there was some imposters before and um, I have a discord as well, but don't probably not a great place to reach me at on discord. So <laughs> yeah, YouTube, uh, if you want to follow me and then LinkedIn, if you want to chat with me, uh, Twitter is also great as well. Yeah, congrats on the check mark. That's that's an awesome accomplishment. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, like I said, this this was fun, dude. It was great having you on. Um, really looking forward to see, you know, the rest of your content and I'll definitely be following along. Um, and so for all of you guys tuning in and listening, uh, again, if you if you guys are listening on podcasts, which is pretty much all we got, the YouTube channel is coming. Um, we're going to start having more video content, but right now we don't, um, I appreciate you guys tuning every week, listening, sharing feedback, leaving reviews, um, you know, reaching out to be introduced to guests. If you guys want to be introduced to Mark and for some reason you don't want to reach out to him directly, you can ask me, um, but appreciate you guys tuning in and we will catch you all next week for another episode of the Lodges podcast. Thank you very much, Juan. And uh, follow, follow Juan on his socials as well at Lodges <laughs> and then Juan Rodriguez on LinkedIn if you want to connect with him. He's a great man, too. So <laughs> I appreciate it. No one's ever done that. You're the first one to do that. <laughs> you got to give a shout out. I mean, hey, you, you're the one that invited me here. Got to give him the stuff back. He also has a link tree, which is better than me. Link tree literally just has all of his socials there. So shout out to link tree. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Link tree and it has his own. It's I think link tree slash Lodges Financial, right? So it's really easy yeah. to remember. Go there and there you go. You have all the socials. We got all of them. You can listen on all the platforms on there. So, <laughs> but all right, we'll catch you guys next week. Appreciate y'all tuning in. 